2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesto. It's Wednesday, July 6, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, the Phillies ended up with a split in last week's series with the Braves and the Cardinals. Started this week with a blowout win against the Nationals last night. We're at the midpoint. Five games over 500. Not sure that's where we thought they'd be or not, but here we are. It's July already. That means Eagles camp will be opening soon. Everybody's excited about that. Sixers are making moves. The Flyers are adding coaches. And what about USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten, Chet? Wow. As always, plenty to talk about on the Philly sports scene. Yeah, the Sixers, Bill, I think are absolutely a better team than they were two weeks ago. Still some work to be done, of course. Uh, The Phillies are holding up very, very well without their MVP, and they need to keep it going. We'll talk lots about that. You didn't mention Wimbledon, Bill. Come on, Wimbledon. You got Novak Djokovic and Rafa (laughs) Nadal heading to the semifinals against uh, different opponents. Maybe another finals matchup. You don't care. I know. And Good good chance I'll sleep through that. (laughs) (laughs) We have a very special announcement, by the way, for our viewers and listeners coming up in about 25 minutes. So stick around for that. Yeah, take it away, Bill. Well, hey, we have a great guest tonight making his first visit ever to Philly Press Box Radio. 1993 Phillies NL champion shortstop. And part-time Phillies radio broadcaster Kevin Stocker will be joining us. Yeah, we love first-time visitors. We love having former Philadelphia athletes join us. And Kevin qualifies on both counts. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Let's welcome Kevin Stocker to Philly Press Box Radio. Kevin, welcome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Kevin. Great to see you on here with us. See if I can move you over to the middle of the pack here. Let's see. There we go. All right, technology right there. Too I know, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, great to have you join us. For people who don't know, you grew up in Washington State. You went to uh, the University of Washington, and you're still out there in the Northwest most of the time, are you not? I am, yeah. I still live here. I, I retired. We came back here with my three kids, raised them here. They're grown up, and they're gone now, so still here. Yeah, enjoying it. All right. All right, let's talk a little Phillies with you. Uh, the Phillies have just hit the halfway point of the season, and despite some key injuries, uh, they're 43-38. and 38. They have just taken over the third and final wild card spot in the National League by percentage points and the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. They played really, really well since the managerial change a month or so back, 21-9 and nine under Rob Thompson. How do you explain that? <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting. I've I've never had a new manager personally in the middle of a season shift. I've had managers. Terry Francona, for example, was the new manager. Larry Rothschild. How do you explain it? That is a really good question. When it comes to ball players, when it comes, they're very finicky. How they react to change. Kevin, we lost you. Come back. Are you there? We see him. Kevin, you didn't pay your internet bill. (laughs) 
All right. Can you hear us? He's muted. Oh, modern technology gets us again, Bill. Yeah. He is frozen. He's up. frozen in time. You know what, Kevin? If you can hear us, I was just going to He's calling back. Do it again. All right. You got me back? We got there, you back. There you oh, go. my, my, can you believe something happened? My computer went dead, so I'm on my phone. So I apologize if I'm moving around. So just, That's okay. Whoop. All right, we'll go with this. So back to my answer on it's how It's got modern technology that. stuff oh, getting us God. again, you know? You've got to be kidding me. You do all this prep and none of it ever works, but I got you back. Sorry all right, that. so yes, new manager. Yeah. So how do you explain that? What I was going to say was, you know, baseball players are have always been finicky, whether it's with a manager and new players, new teams. Uh, they have all kinds of excuses. I went through the same thing. It was never my fault. It was always an excuse. But players react differently. Now, I think in this case, a change definitely needed to be made. The question is, what was that change? Whether or not it was all Joe or not, certainly the players take some responsibility in that. Something had to shake up the team a little bit. And, it, and something as big as letting Joe go, firing a manager, whatever it is, or a big trade, can really shake the players. I mean, it, it literally gets the guys going, okay. Now the front office has made some changes. They've got their part. Now we have to do our part. For whatever reason, the guys have responded. I will say Thompson is, a, is unbelievable when it comes to just as a person. When you talk to him for five minutes, you can't help but feel better about yourself. It truly is remarkable how he is just in, in conversation. So, but to be honest with you, those are, those are just some of the guesses that you would guess as to why they responded as they did. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, one of the things that, that has seemed to come out a lot in the press is how – Joe didn't seem to favor youngsters quite as much where Rob is is utilizing those young, youngsters. And I've heard this before. I, I know a lot of people in the Tigers organization that knew Sparky Anderson. And Sparky Anderson did not like younger players. He wanted old, old Grizzly guys. And uh, is, is that something you feel as a player when you're – or have you ever been in that situation? I, I haven't felt that. Um you know, my first year when I was my rookie year, I had Jim Fragosi. He was an old time guy. And I looked at I looked up to Jim and really respected what he did. I, I'll be honest with you, the, the time that I spent with Joe and I did so far, it's been mostly in May, April and May. I did not feel that I, I didn't get the sense that he was favoring them. I saw him talking to the young guys and working with them. The, the one thing that was tough from a broadcasting standpoint, and I think it is the same as a player with Joe, is that he was extremely unpredictable. And as a player, when I was playing, man, I, playing for like Fergosi, you know, it was a little bit different back then because we had the pitchers were hitting and all, you know, the DH. I get it was a little bit more national league game, but man, I as a player, I could really think along with what Fergosi was going to do. I knew when to start prepping if I wasn't playing. I knew that I might get pinch hit for in the eighth inning. I knew when to lay a bunt down, and I also knew that I was going to be in there every day. I didn't come in guessing if I was going to play. I think Joe just had a lot of those guys wondering what's going on. Am I playing today? Am I not playing today? How do I prepare? I couldn't figure out how he worked the bullpen. I know, I know maybe that was a result of a shortened spring training, and so he had trouble figuring out as well. But I think that I just think that there was some confusion with the players. And maybe that goes back to your original question, guys, in regards to how do they respond to Thompson? You know, is he a little bit more consistent, even though he's had to deal with the injuries? But back to the original question of young guys. Young guys add a spark. There's no doubt about it. They're hungry. They hustle. They're out there for stretching. They're just really, they're smiles all the time. But I did not see that with Joe. I thought Joe treated everybody the same. 
Well, the schedule gets very favorable for the Phils in uh, the latter part of July and into August. A lot of games against the Nats, and the Phillies just seem to really beat up on them. They're not a great team, obviously. Uh, there are some games against the Reds and Pirates mixed in there. But first, this weekend, there's a four-game set out in St. Louis. How big is that? Oh, it's huge. For a minute there, I thought you said more games with the Mets. I just about fainted. No. I'm like, please, no. 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 Oh, my. You said Nats. I'm like, Nats, gonna... yes. Yeah. So I think it's huge to be able to go into St. Louis. One, it's four games. I think it's always tough in a four-game stretch in a city like St. Louis to a team that's getting a ton of support. Um, you know, they you know, you play in the Midwest. Whether you win or lose, those teams are supported by their fans. And so I think it's going to be big. Now, if you ask any of the guys, you ask a Schwarber, certainly you could ask Castellanos. You might not get a response, but you could ask him. And what he'll tell you is just like, hey, man, it's just another game. And that's what those veterans, I truly believe that those veteran guys are pretty good at that, about it's just another game. But I do think it's big. You know, it's the timing of it. Um, St. Louis is a good team. They had success with them just the other day. So, yeah, it's a big series. Looking looking forward to it, too. Uh, so, so Kevin, as a, as a player, going back to your playing days, uh, do you, as the team struggled out of the shoot here early in the year, at what point as a player do you panic? Or do you just say, you know what, we got to come to the ballpark, we got to get our job done. And when you're sitting here, what was it, 12, 12, I guess, was the maximum games out, and it was still way, way early, do you sit here and say, man, we, we got to start pressing a little bit. We got to win games. Yes, yes, you do say that. There's no, there's no way that you can avoid saying at some point, we got to get going guys. And I think reading the clips, talking to the players back when they were going through that, they admit that you can see it in the paper. And in the, when they were saying, Hey, we got to do better. We need to hit home. We need to hit better. So it's in their minds. The trick is, and Paul Molitor used to talk about this. I, I remember when he was an older guy, he said, you know, there's no way to avoid the pressure, which is put on yourself. There's no way to avoid it. A, a great example is when you're hitting Kyle Schwarber, a good example, he's hitting a buck 90 back in April or something like that, or in early May. You can't help but walk in up to the plate and you see it on the on the reader board. I'm hitting 200 or a buck 90 and I'm not hitting home runs. You can't avoid it and you waste energy trying. The trick is to recognize it, you see it, you accept it, and then you just go to work. And I just I felt somebody like a Schwarber and that's how he got out of this. I thought he said something really good and that was early and he said, "You know, I've been through enough slumps that I don't get caught up in the ups and downs of it. I just come to the park, I go to work, I don't get caught up in that." As a young guy, you do. There's, you know, and so to answer that question, yeah, those young guys, when they're not hitting back of their mind is, man, am I going to get sent down? I got to go. I got to, I got to, I got to hard to play like that. That's when you lean on your veterans. That's why Bryce was so good to stay in there with that arm injury, but he knew he had to, he had to stay in there and hit and he had to stay in that lineup for the guys. Same with Nick, who I know is really struggling right now, but he's played every day. He's not complained. He's the same guy that goes a long way, especially when you've got some young guys watching. So the trade deadline, I think it's August 2nd or thereabouts this year. The uh, Phillies will certainly be buyers. Uh, what do you think they need? What are the top priorities? Hmm. Well, everybody in the league is going to say pitching. Yeah. And I don't think the Phillies are any exception. I, I think they need to add a starter. I, I, I think the starter has just come up lately. And I say that because Nolan and Wheeler have been all-stars. I mean, those guys are studs. The other three guys, Eflin, obviously, I think is great. It's just, can he stay healthy, right? Is he going to be going on and off? He's still working on that knee. I don't know what happened to Ranger. You know, Ranger's command has kind of gone south. I think adding another starter in there, if they could do that, would really give some relief that they might, if, if they need to give a day off to somebody or put Ranger in the pen for a couple of weeks, if they could get a starter, that would be great. It's going to be really difficult. I also think one more arm in the back of that pen, 
would be great. I don't know what has happened to Familia. I mean, I, when I left, he was struggling. Looks like he's still struggling back there. I think they've probably kind of given up on him a little bit. Um, obviously, the change with Knebel has been good. It's been good for the team. It's been good for him. I think if the, the fans are watching, they have to know that that's been better for everybody. And then Sir Anthony, it's his time. I mean, I think if, he's, if he doesn't uh, grab that, that back-end role, he's crazy because he's got the stuff to do that. It would still be good to get one more back-end right-handed arm back there. And then the last thing, I, that would be the first two would be pitching. If I had to say somewhere as far as hitting-wise, you know, it's been a rot- it's been a rotation in center field. I, mm-hmm. It's easy to say center, right? Now it's yeah. tough because we the Phillies lost Bryce defensively early, and Bryce in right field was re- I think he's a good outfielder. I really do. Mm-hmm. And so Nick's done a fine job out there, but playing every day for that kind of a player, that size, and the way he approaches the game, and Kyle is tough. Veerling and those guys are great, but it'd be nice to get a bit more of a stick out there in center field. And that's going to be hard to find as well. I think there's going to be traders, the Reds, the Cubs, they're going to be looking to get rid of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be opportunities. So that's what I would say, those three. Hey, Kevin, as a, as a former player, they, they play with great players and on great teams yourself. Uh, what's it like going to the ballpark as a former player and seeing a guy that's a talent like Bryce Harper? I mean, do you, do you look at him and say, dang, this guy is really, really good? Yeah, I look at him and I and I say, man, I wish I could have done that. Right? I mean, it's <laughs> right. like, man, it's just. I I think what's impressed me the most, and I'll be honest with you guys, before this year, I didn't know Bryce, so I, I really hadn't met Bryce. I hadn't had a chance to talk with Bryce. I watched him play like everybody else, you know, and so forth, and seen how he's matured. Um, I have a lot of respect for the way that he approaches the game. I think he's extremely professional, and what I mean by that is, you know, now that I'm broadcasting, been doing it since I retired. Now at the now doing some work up here at the big leagues to be able to go down and say, Hey Bryce, do you have a few minutes? And to get a, a respectful answer, yes, I do. Let's let's do it at this time. Or or to say, how about tomorrow? Or whatever it is. That's being a professional. I respect that. Um, and that I think is something that I really admire. But yeah, to look at what he's able to do, he still has a two-strike approach, which I love. You don't see that very often. And so he's not afraid to put the team on his back. And that's the other, that's what you want. He'll go out there and say, Hey, look jump on my back. I got to do better. I'm going to do that. I guarantee you right now it's killing him. It's killing him that he can't get out there. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, you probably know this. It was 29 years ago tomorrow that you made your major league debut. Yeah. 1993, (laughs) July 7th. That's my jersey. Those are my jerseys right there. Yeah. Yeah. Back there. Two-part question. What do you remember about getting the call, you know, a day or two ahead of that to go to the big leagues for the first time? And what do you remember about that great uh, lengthy first ball game that you started. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a two part story, right? So I'm in AAA. George Culver is our manager and we are scheduled to leave the next day going on a, we're going to go get on a plane and fly out in AAA. I get a phone call at 11 o'clock at night and he lets me know, Hey, you're, you're, you're getting called up to the big leagues. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm first, you're nervous, a lot of emotions, but I go to the ballpark in the morning and all of my equipment, my bats, my bag, everything is already been shipped over to the airport. So now I got to hop in my car. I go over to the airport. This is in Scranton. So it's a small little airport. I literally walk in and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with, you know, Scranton Wilkes-Barre here and I'm, I need to get my, my bags for baseball. They said, come with me. So we literally walk out by the plane and all the bags are there. And I sift through all the bats. I get my bats, my equipment right there on the, on the tarmac, right? The plane. I get in my car. I drive down to Philly, get completely lost. Mind you, I have not been to Philly before. This is my first experience. <laughs> I had not been there. So it, you know, it's not, it wasn't too hard. We didn't have Google maps. We didn't even have cell phones yeah. yet. So I, I find the, the field, get into veteran stadium 
in my, my sweet little Honda Accord that I had, whatever it was. So I go in and Bo is in there, of course. And he's like, hey, don't, don't worry about hitting. Just catch the bleeping ball. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just catch. He's putting his finger like this on my chest. Just catch the ball. I'm like, okay. So I remember going to batting practice. And as you walk down the tunnel, as we did, not now, but as you did at Veteran Stadium, right next to the, the tunnel doors was the lineup. And you would slide the cards in. So I see it. This is before batting practice. And I'm not in there. Okay. Mariano was playing. I'm like, okay. Duncan's playing. I get a little time to kind of get my feet wet. So I go out, do my stuff. Uh, do a little press, hit, still got some nerves. I come in, my locker's right next to Darren Dalton, so he's sitting there, and so he's great. I, I got to know these guys a little bit. But what had happened is, as I had come back in for batting practice, the lineup had changed, and hitting in the eighth spot, which I was, was Lukovic had come in and put athletic tape over that eighth old name and wrote my name in there. So now I'm just, like, scared to death. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm in there. Right, all right. So... We go out, start the game. I get a play the first inning. It kind of calms me down. We come underneath. Remind you now, this is July. You guys, I know you guys are Philly guys, so you know how hot it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous, so I go down under the tunnel, and I'm getting my batting gloves on, and Lenny's up. So Dykstra's leading off, gets on, steals second, hot. He comes in, scores on a close play, comes down. We all high-five him, and I'm standing there under the tunnel, getting ready to hit, and Lenny sits down on a bucket. Now he's got chew just coming down and he's dirty and he's got sweat and there's just all this. I mean, just, so he leans over and it's hard to do because remember I'm holding my phone. So he leans, he's sitting on a bucket and his bed, he's got a, the wall behind him and he spit, he, he starts spitting it out. So it's just, blah, blah. so I'm kind of watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. So he reaches up above him on this electrical box and he grabs a pack of chew and he just starts cramming it in. Oh, he's just putting all this chew in there. Big old water chew. Okay. So he puts it in. Push the chew back, kind of spits some more out. He reaches up, grabs a pack of cigarettes, and puts in a cigarette. And he lights it. And he takes a big drag. And he leans back and he goes, welcome to the big leagues, kid. Just like that. And I was like, okay, he's smoking. I couldn't believe it. That was when, and so then that first game, we went 20 innings. Yeah. My first game in the big leagues is 20 innings. We won in the bottom of the 20th. Uh, high five and everybody's happy. I come You had in, nine so- plate appearances, right? I had nine plate appearances and three walks. I think I got hit. So I had two walks hit by pitch. I had an error. Um, I had a saving play, a game saving play in the ninth inning. Yep. What I didn't have, what I, what I had opportunities to win the game, two opportunities and grounded out weekly. And that goes into the last part of the story. I know it's long. I apologize, but we, we get all done. It's one thirty in the morning, one, one thirty, And I'm still jacked up. It's my first game, right? But oh for 6. I go to my locker. We take off all of our stuff. So I'm sitting there in a T-shirt and my sliding pants, basically underwear, and flip-flops. And I get a tap on my shoulder at 1.30, and it was Dennis Mankey, the hitting instructor. And he says, get a bat and get in the manager's office. And I literally am like, this is my first game, and we won. Like, how am I already in trouble? Like, how is this possible? So I go into the manager's office with my bat, and it was Fergosi and Dennis Mankey and Larry Boa. And we're all in T-shirts and underwear. And they got the bat on my shoulder, and they're making adjustments to my swing in the office at 1.30 in the morning. Wow. Now, mind you, they had seen me in spring training. And then over the last two months in AAA, I must have made some, some changes that I didn't like. They're like, wait a minute here. So I came in the next day. I worked on some of these changes that we worked on, and I got two hits that night, my first, my first hit and home run, and then took off from there. So <laughs> my first, yeah, my first day in the big leagues was very eventful. But we won, so that was good. I don't know if you can see it on the screen uh, since you're on your phone. Dave Yarnell says, hey, Kevin, I had the pleasure of being at your first game as a Philly, went 20 innings. I stayed all 20. 
Yeah. Uh, he was a senior in high school. Great times. Awesome. I'm glad he stayed. That's right. Well, hey, speak, speaking of that Phillies team, uh, handful of characters. How how fun was it playing and being successful with that bunch of guys? Oh, it was great. They were they were hard the way that they played the game. I I don't I didn't spend much time off the field with them, so they might they might have been just as hard guys. I don't know. Um, I will tell you though that they accepted me, and I was young. I think they knew I had to I had to play some defense, but they were great. And you know, I know like Cruck, for example, we're looking at that picture, and John, who was a great athlete, and you see him in the booth now, and he's really funny, and he's always been that way. But when you got on the field, it was hard to find anybody more intense than John when he played the field. Was in the game, always talking, super intense. I mean, but John knew how to turn it on and turn it off. I mean, it was like instant after the game. But to have all those characters in there, they were all veterans. Uh, we were winning. That helps a ton. But, yeah, to be able to go in there. I mean, another example, you know, Darren Dalton, I told you I was right next to his locker. So I can remember on that first day, I, I turn around and I'm, I'm – doing my press stuff. My first day there, I have all this press. They're asking me questions, asking me questions. He's standing there, super quiet. And then finally at the end, he says, okay, okay, guys, 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 that's it. That's enough. Let him get ready. And he kind of shoes them away. And he says, look, stop. When you're doing these things, always remember, you can always say no comment. You can always say that if you're not sure, just say no comment. You can get back to it later. I mean, it was stuff like that being next to a guy like Darren, that when you're 23 and had no clue on that first day, and I absorbed really fast that I made it a point to really absorb information. And so I remembered that and I used that no comment all the time. But yeah, those guys were great. It was a it was a fun it was a fun year because we won and that that helped certainly. But the guys were characters and we enjoyed it. And you hit 324 as a rookie. Uh, Phil's, of course, got to the postseason, didn't end quite the way we wanted. Uh, you weren't exactly a slugger, though, Kevin. You had 23 career home runs. Tell me about your first home run and maybe another memorable home run that you hit. Sure. Well, the first home run, that was that second game. The, right. down, the good thing is I hit the home run, right? So I'm hitting left-handed, made some adjustments. I think it was off of Rob Beck. Pretty sure it was off of Beck. Um, the downside to the home runs, we were getting just clubbed and we were losing 10 or 11 to one. And it was in like the ninth inning or eighth inning. So it, I mean, it meant a lot to me, but unfortunately it was wasted. I didn't get a chance to, you know, that was kind of a bummer, but I did enjoy that. That was cool. The most memorable I want, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, um, well, there's two, one, we played the Yankees in interleague play at vet stadium. And I hit one off of Doc Gooden and I absolutely crushed it. So that felt All right. right. And I don't get to, I don't get to say that very often when you only have 23. The other one was I was playing down with the at the time called the Devil Rays, and it was the only time I hit a, I hit a walk off home run off of Mike. I think it was Mike Jackson, a closer at the time for the Indians, and that might be the only ball that I hit that I truly knew when I hit it it was gone, and I I got to like actually trot to first base like I'd never done that. So those were some memorable home runs, but there were so few and far in between. Fred <laughs> McGriff told me I played with Fred McGriff, and he says to me, "Stop, listen to me." He goes, it's a six-month season. So all you got to do is hit five home runs a month. So in one month, you might get 120 at-bats, maybe 100, something like that. Just five. At the end of the year, you have 30 home runs, and you get a ton of money. You're good. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do it. So I tried one year down there at Tampa, and just, I was going to hit home runs, an uppercut. And I had five home runs by All-Star break, and I was hitting 200. I said, Fred, this is a joke. So I, I got rid of that right away and went back to the way that I hit. So it wasn't my game. It was not my game. Hey, Kevin, what, uh, at what point in your career did you know, even before you got to the big leagues, that broadcasting was in your future? Is that something you always wanted to do? You know, it, it wasn't until I retired. Uh, I retired kind of young. I was only 31 when I retired. Um, so I got home, and I think 
I got a phone call literally within six months from a company. I don't know if you guys know them. It's CSTV called College Sports Television. Mm -hmm. It was started out in New York by the guys that started the the old old like the old sports channel. I can't remember what it was called, but classic channel. So I was I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I need some time off, whatever. And my wife was like, you're going to do it. You're not going to be home. Dead serious. Like we're going to New York. <laughs> so I flew out to New York, and that was the first experience. I sat down in front of a TV, just a big screen with this 23-year-old kid right out of Syracuse, and we did a college baseball game. I didn't know any names or anything. But I've always been able to talk. And talking baseball, I literally could do this. And I think most players are like that. But I could literally just talk. And the more we talk, the more things that I remember. And I love the education part of the game. And I was pretty good with a mic. I'm like, okay, I can do this and multitask in my ears. So when I got that first taste with them, it really got into me like this could be something I could really do. So I started doing that in, I think it was 2002 or three, and I've been doing it ever since. Almost, almost all college baseball, um, but television. CSTV became CBS, and then from there to the Pac-12, and then some ESPN regionals. Did some radio with the Phillies, which is a different animal, so I'm still getting used to radio, but I enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy still being in the game in some way, so that part's great. Hey, before I forget, I got a message this afternoon from a guy who played for you when you were down at Fantasy Camp. And oh, yeah. you, you may know this guy on the right, Steve. Yes, he, I don't uh, have my glasses on, but yeah. Okay. Steve, who okay. Uh, writes the minor league book about the oh, Phillies yeah, prospects yeah, yeah. every year. There it is. He said yep. you were a great fantasy uh, player, fantasy camp manager. Oh, he's so great. He's what a great guy. Yeah, he came down and was so much fun. He puts that book together. It's no joke. Like, yeah. that's a. That is a thick book. Like, he gets after it. But yes, it is. Fantasy camp, fantasy camp has just been so fun. I, And, again, I keep talking about I, I, I. But, you know what? Screw it. You got me here, so we're going to do that. So when we go, <laughs> when I went to fantasy camp my first year, um, guys – I don't know who's listening to this, but some of the guys were getting old. It was hard to get some of the legends out there to play on that last mm -hmm. day because, you know – and so I was pretty young when I got in, and it was like, holy cow, I want to still play. I'm going to go back and play. It was great. And guess what, guys? Now that I'm 52, I'm one of the older ones. I'm waiting for some guys to get in there. But <laughs> it's like a big reunion for us. We go down there and have so much fun. I've gotten to know the campers. They come back, you know, year to year. So we get to find out. I've gotten to see some of their kids grow up. And, yeah, it's just a blast. That's why it was such a downer that we, we didn't do it a couple of years ago with all that COVID mess. But last year we did it and had a great time. So hopefully we can keep doing it. Hey, we're, I got one final question for you. We're going to talk sure. a little more about this a little later, but off of the baseball subject, you're a college sports guy. You, you uh -oh. live out there in Pac-12 Pac country. Uh, what do you think about the USC-UCLA abandoning and uh, and all that's going on out there in the last Abandoning. It's a good word right there, abandoning. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was a matter of time before the college landscape and conferences did this. And so I, I think they're the first of many that are all going to start to, to roll into super conferences. I just think with now that with television, even though football and basketball drives all TV, you, even the Pac-12 networks, they were having their issues, but they're still broadcast baseball and volleyball, all those things. It's interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know enough about it to know what the economics of how it's going to affect what the Pac-12 is going to do. Um, I think that it's a, it's, it's a hard swallow for somebody who played in the Pac-12. I like the Pac-12. I live on the West Coast now. At least I do now. We may or may not be here next year. But um, I think it's always been really good sports. But, again, the economics gets involved, which usually goes to television. That's going to drive everything. And if it's not working out here for them, they jump to the Big Ten. Good luck, you know, and, and you know, off they go. So 
I don't know if I really answered that very well, but um, that's my answer. Uh, as Darren would say, no comment. <laughs> hey, Kevin, the, the, sound next, of, uh, the sound of your voice answers the question. Yeah, yeah right, right, exactly. <laughs> When's your next Phillies assignment, Kevin? I actually am heading all the way to Miami next week. Is I think it's the yeah right before the All Star break. So, I, I you know and I have thank you know thanks for to uh, to the Phillies to send me from Washington State all the way down to Miami. <laughs> but it's right you know it's right before the All Star break. I did it back in eighteen. Went down there um, and did these three games. So I'll be there for those three, and then my last trip will be at the end of August, first week of September. Um, I'll join the team in Arizona and I'll hit them in Arizona. We'll go to San Francisco and then I'll come back to Philly for four with Miami. And then that'll be it for me. Kevin, I just got to tell you, you don't look a whole lot different than you did 29, 30 years ago. Look at you there. Man, man. I like you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at those cards. I've got these cards. You got a, you got a good one there. Some of them aren't so good, but yeah, that's, oh, I appreciate that. I can't move like I used to, but uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you can wait, believe me. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Kevin, we, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, we're on show number 398, and why did we wait till now to get you on with us? Oh, man, anything. You guys just let me know. You guys were informative. You guys were good. I appreciate it. Although I got to say, it's right at the beginning of the Philly game. Isn't the game going on? It is. We're missing it, but We're 7 o'clock. We tried to get them to postpone it for another hour, but they wouldn't do it. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll talk to them next time I see them. Yeah, like, hey, there you go. Show. Yeah. Well, hopefully you Thanks, guys have Kevin. me back on. We'll come on. Oh, talk absolutely. Again about the Phillies in the second half. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Right, Take care, man. Take care. All right. Appreciate it. See ya. Hey, Chet. As you know, hey, that was good stuff, man. That was great. Yeah. Let, let's let's talk about that for just a minute. How how cool is it to have a, ma a former major league player that's as cool as that? Uh, his story about getting called up and uh, the first game and everything—that was terrific. Dykstra, Dykstra story. <laughs> Dykstra, <laughs> a classic. I, oh. I bet you he's got a lot more Dykstra stories, so we're going to oh, have, oh, have just back. a whole bunch of other oh, stories, my. too. We could know. do a half hour or more on, on Dykstra, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, I don't have it right in front of me because I didn't know we were going to talk about it. Dykstra is going to be somewhere down the shore, I think, Friday. Oh, boy. At some appearance, question and answer type thing. Uh, my brother-in-law sent it to me. I, I got to check that out I, because we were talking about maybe trying to go go see it. It would be interesting. Would sure. that not be chaos? <laughs> Have the recorder rolling. That's right. Well, hey, Chet, back to talking about our Allstate friends. Gas prices are trickling down. So we got it. We got to at least throw that in there. They're trickling down. But you know what? People still spending more time on their couch than they are in their car. It's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, PA. You know it. It's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that maybe you're driving a little less. There you go. Hey, Chet, uh, speaking of driving, tell us what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House. They always have good stuff going on. Well, there's often something special going on at the Irish Rover from, you know, happy hour deals to weekend dinner specials to their Thursday killer burger offerings. But they've got something a little extra special coming up 
in about a week and a half, Bill. It is Sunday, July 17th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it is, Bill, us. Yes, us. This is us back in 2018 or 19. Uh, We were there. That was with our pal Freddie, of course, Freddie Burns, and Chris, who's still there managing things at the Irish Rover. And uh, we're going to be back there Sunday, July 17th, 2 p.m. Mark your calendars, folks. It is going to be sponsored by Miller Lite. We will have a live broadcast. We will have a special guest yet to be determined. We will keep you posted on that. Uh, A lot of giveaway items, including Phillies tickets as part of some sort of a raffle. We're still putting all the final details together, but it's all going to happen at this place that you see on your screen. The Irish Rover Station House. It is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, and we will be there, and we hope you are there as well a week from this Sunday. Hey, hey, hey. Good stuff. Hey, uh, I had a chance to look this back up while you were doing that. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, tell all, and question and answer, Keenan's Irish Pub, North Wildwood. It is not this Friday. Next Friday, July 15th, 7 p.m. <laughs> Bill, you got to go. You got to go think, for me. And- <laughs> I, I, think I, might, I think I might try to do that. Have your little camera recorder ready to roll. That's right. That's right. We're going to skip Merrill or Willie or whoever because we got lots more to talk about, Bill. What do you want to talk about? We do. Well, hey, uh, we mentioned last week uh, James Harden was going to turn down the Sixers guaranteed offer. He did just that. Freed up some cap space. The team went ahead. They signed P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, G League MVP, Trevlin Queen. Uh, You said in the beginning, in the opening, that uh, they're a better team. Uh, this moves the needle for you. You think uh, progress has been made? Well, look, I'm not going to tell you they're all of a sudden an NBA championship contender with these moves, but they are certainly better than the team that finished the season getting booted from the playoffs in the second round yet again. Uh, We talked last week about DeAnthony Melton. He's going to help them. And as you mentioned, they've added a couple other guys since then, most notably P.J. Tucker. Some people are a little concerned because he is 37, but he doesn't play like a 37-year-old. He's tough. He can shoot. And uh, did he he look like he was 37 in the playoffs? No, maybe James Harden did, but P.J. Tucker did not. Um, Although he averaged just uh, eight points or so a game in the season, he shot 41.5% from three-point range. And as I said, he brings toughness. Uh, Daniel House, same deal. Not a huge scorer, but he can contribute. Another guy who's going to uh, be a role player off the bench, and he can shoot from uh, the outside as well, 37.5% from long range. And I saw, actually, I heard on WIP, I'll give them credit. They mentioned that the Sixers' odds to win the NBA title next year were 16 to 1 at the end of this season. They briefly dropped to 20 to 1, but now with these additions, they're 12 to 1. So the odds are a little shorter. So that means Vegas likes maybe what they've done. And, you know, maybe there's still that possibility of Kevin Durant. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he would be, you know, a long shot. And I, I know a lot of people are willing to even give up Tyrese Maxey if they had to to get Durant. That would just pain me to do that, but we'll see. Well, I mean, is is Durant the difference maker? Can they can they win, or does it matter how much they have to gut the team to get him? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if they did add him, he could be the difference maker, assuming you know Harden plays a little more like the Harden of a couple of years ago, other than like the Harden of this past spring. Um, we'll see what happens there. But by the way, I did watch actually some of the Sixers game last night in the summer league out in salt lake city and they had a lot of the guys that we've seen a little bit on the court this past season charles bassey paul reed uh jaden springer 
Charlie Brown Jr. with the hair and Isaiah Joe. They're all there, along with this kid, Cassius Winston. So they're all playing out in Utah. B-Ball Paul always plays well in these summer leagues. He had 20 points and 15 rebounds last night. It looks like he's added a little bulk to his body, which is good. So I think Paul Reed could be more of a contributor this coming season, backing up Joel Embiid, maybe even getting a little playing time at the four with him. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, I'm watching the summer league games. There's another one tonight, another one tomorrow. And uh, I'm not quite ready for the NBA season in you know November, but it's fun, something different. I, I don't think Joe Howell wants uh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> I don't want that moron. I, I don't know <laughs> if I'd call him a moron. He's pretty good. He's won a title. But, uh, hey, to each his own. By the way, good to have Brett Brown back in the NBA. He is uh, reunited with Greg Popovich as an assistant once again out in San Antonio. Yep. How about that? All right, Chet. Philly sports trips, Canton, uh, what, just a few weeks from now? Uh, Dick Vermeil, you're flying out there. The buses are going out there. Are there still openings to get on that trip? And we know about some of the others. Well, you're right. I am all set for next month's trip to Canton for Coach Vermeil's Hall of Fame induction. And it is a good thing because, Bill, it is sold out. That is closed off. If you didn't book your trip, you are out of luck. Sorry about that. Uh, the British Open trip uh, to Scotland, that is also sold out. So forget about that one, folks. You waited too long. Now, you can still get in on a couple of the other summer trips. There's a trip out to Pittsburgh for uh, Phillies Pirates weekend. There's uh, a trip to Chicago to Wrigley Field to see the Phils and Cubs in September. Uh, oh, there is a Sons of Ben trip, a soccer trip to London and Leeds in early September. A lot of people are interested in that because, you know, soccer's big, Bill. Maybe you and I aren't huge fans, but a lot of people are into that. And then, of course, we get into Eagles football season, and Philly Sports Trips has something going on for every single road game this year. There's the schedule. It all starts something like 67 days from today. In fact, it is exactly 67 days from today. The season kicks off for the Eagles. September 11th, Eagles and Lions in Detroit. And then you got, you know, all the other NFC East games. Trip to Arizona, which I hear is going to be great. And, uh, of course, Dallas on Christmas Eve. Who wouldn't want to spend Christmas Eve in Dallas? Get all the information on the website, phillysportstrips.com. And there's a real good chance on that November 20th game in Indianapolis that I will be there uh, ah. probably not traveling with Philly Sports Trips since I'll be traveling from Florida, but there's a real good chance that I will be in Indianapolis for that one. You know some people connected with that franchise. I do know some people there. All right. Hey, speaking of football, Chet, it's already the first week of July. Um, Eagles rookies and veterans both reporting together under Nick Sirianni. July 26, less than three weeks away. How excited are you to get this thing rolling? I am excited. We've been talking about this all summer. And uh, as I said, 67 days away, the regular season uh, gets going. Um, maybe we'll learn something in the preseason games, too. We'll watch all the training camp stories starting you know, in the end of July. I'm ready, and I mean, everybody's worried about Jalen Hurts and how he progresses. That, of course, is the number one concern. But other than that, I like this team. There are some things to watch, certainly. Uh, for instance, the D-line is still a bit of a concern for me because Fletcher Cox had a not good year last year. Um, we'll see how Hassan Reddick fits in. How Brandon Graham comes back from missing almost the entire season last year. Plus, you know, he's getting up there in age. So the D-line is something to watch as well as the secondary because we still don't know who's going to get the nod at safety. And then on offense, Miles Sanders for me is the guy to keep an eye on because we know he has the talent, but... 
he occasionally has the case of fumbleitis and he has trouble staying on the field sometimes with injuries. So uh, Miles Sanders, the guy to watch for me on offense. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't usually, I usually keep a very even keel as the season starts all, all the way through the camps, you know, and all that. But I'm probably as excited about this team as I've been in a long time. I, I just think they have a chance to be really, really, really good. I mean, all like Super Bowl run good. I think they got a chance to be really good. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Of course, health is always an issue. You got to be, you got to stay healthy. And uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to getting this thing going and uh, see how Nick Sirianni does. He's He's got uh, some different rules in place. He's got a, team, a group of team leaders that he's listening to, uh, doing things different. Like you said, the the pro the veterans and the rookies reporting together that's new uh but hey whatever works whatever whatever makes you play and win games yeah that's right and uh, i can't wait for training camp to get going and you know see how everybody's doing uh see aj brown in action and you know dean and uh, it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun summer and hopefully a fun october november december too yep well, hey, Chet, speaking of football, uh, we touched on this with Kevin Stocker. Huge news this week. USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten. Uh, it's getting closer to the Big 20 now than the Big Ten. So many teams are moving in. Uh, interesting move to me. You have a USC program that, you know, is is up there with the iconic programs. Them moving in. UCLA on the basketball side. It gets no better than that. Uh, now they're going to play in the Big Ten. College. College sports as we know it is long gone. The idea, you know, no idea when it's going to stop. The name and image license is all playing into this. Money everywhere. Uh, What's your take on a team all the way out west, two teams, all the way out west coming to play, you know, Rutgers, say? Yeah, I don't like it, Bill. Uh, I know it's it's a money thing, and as Kevin said, it was probably inevitable. Um. I, I liked when there were 10 teams in the Big Ten. Now, you know, you, you make a joke to somebody, hey, how many teams are in the Big Ten? A kid will say, 10, of course. No, there's whatever, 16 or whatever. There's going to be, like you said, 20 at some point. And it's just going to be one big mishmash, and the conferences won't really mean all that much. So I don't know. I don't like it. I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to that kind of thing. And I wish it wasn't happening, but it's happening, Bill. There's nothing we can do to stop it. No, you know, but I, I guess from the old traditionalist standpoint, you know, it, to me, it was New Year's Day and the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You know, the Big Ten, Big whether Ten, it's Penn State, Ten. Ohio State, or whoever it was going out there to play USC, UCLA, or Oregon, or whatever. That's what New Year's Day was about, and that's what these bowl games were about. They're done. These yep. bowl games are done. Uh, it looks like the rest of the Pac-12 is going to try to marry up with the ACC so they're not left out. Um, you're going to end up with four four conferences, and that's going to be about it. Uh, the one that's got to be careful, Chad, on this, and uh, I'm not a fan, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm hacking at them. Notre Dame better figure out something, or they're going to be odd man out here. They're going to be playing Army and Navy and Air Force every week, and uh, <laughs> you know they're, they're yeah, going to have to. They're going to have to figure something out. Speaking of those West Coast schools, I guess you heard Chip Kelly got a contract extension. Well, he's coming to the Big Ten. Of course, a lot of money. A lot of money to be had now, so why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, 
I mean, it, it, to me, if to, to see a USC team play every week in, in the Big Ten Conference is kind of fun, I think, but not near as much fun as seeing them play in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day against yeah. the other best team, you know. I'm with you, Bill. We agree on this one. All right, my man. Hey, let's give a shout-out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Wall-to-wall coverage, as usual. Network is loaded up. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com, as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel as well. Check out all the all the shows. Subscribe, follow, like, and share with your friends. we got Flyers. We've got Phillies. we got... Philly's post game every night by uh, Maddie B doing a terrific job. Kevin Stocker with us. Joey and Big Al on Wednesday night at 9.30 tonight. Patterson Avenue Fanatics on Saturday morning. Breakfast with the boys. And we've even got lacrosse, Philly and Beyond, covered on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. So <laughs> check them all out. Uh, the guys are all doing a great job. Yes, they are. Um a lot of great new additions coming this way. So stick around with us and don't forget. Yeah, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to get those uh, subscriber numbers up. We're getting there. I wanted 200 by the end of the year. We're, we're moving on in that direction, but we need a few more. So we subscribe Philly press box That's radio, right. YouTube. Hey, hey Jeff, um, great guest tonight. Kevin stop. I'm not he telling was, you. Was, I'm not telling you yet. I got something I got to do here. <laughs> That's a bell ring, a bell ringer there, Bill little random chat for you what do you think you're freezing i'm freezing i'm good no i'm good <laughs> you're in slow motion and freezing or something you're in slow motion I'm, I'm seeing myself okay bill so you just take a break and i'll t- can you see me now can you hear me i gotta ask you a yeah. question before i start this did you get around yet to seeing top gun maverick on the big screen or hustle on netflix i did not you're I dead to me. Get out of here for a no, I'll get When you're done, I'll give you a reason. Okay. <laughs> All right. With that in mind, Bill disappointing me, we've just hit the halfway point of 2022, and it's been a decent year for movies so far. I've seen 16 movies so far that have been released this year, 12 of them actually on the big screen or in the theater, and the other four that were available to screen at home. Those four, the 2022 version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a Ben Affleck thriller called Deep Water, that had its moments, the film I talked about at length last month, Hustle, and most recently I saw this one, uh, which I can recommend, Jerry and Marge, Go Large. It's a goofy title, but it's a decent flick about a couple played by Brian Cranston and Annette Benning, who find a loophole in the state lottery to win many millions of dollars over time. Now, among the 11 or 12 films that I caught on the big screen, well, there were the well-received movies Everything Everywhere that I didn't love nearly as much as most critics did. Uh, There was a Mark Wahlberg film, Father Stew. Yeah, I did see that one about a guy who goes from being an agnostic boxer to a priest who devotes his life to helping others after he had a bad motorcycle accident. I saw the latest Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World Dominion. Saw that one in 3D. I saw the new thriller, The Black Phone, recently. Not bad. And I saw this one. Also, a very cool Nicolas Cage movie in which he plays, well, a version of himself, that film being the unbearable weight of massive talent. No longer in the theater, but watch for it uh, to maybe rent at home. My three favorite movies that were released 
over the first half of 2022. Well, number three on my list, getting an A minus, the new biopic about the king of rock and roll. That, of course, Elvis. It is called Elvis. Austin Butler is terrific in the title role. Second favorite movie, the aforementioned Hustle, which is available on Netflix, starring Adam Sandler as a Philadelphia 76ers basketball scout. And a must-see for every Philadelphia sports fan, certainly, that one, Hustle. And number one, which I gave a uh, solid A as well to, that would be the one I just mentioned, Top Gun Maverick. I was going to put it the graphic, but I can't find it. Top Gun Maverick, nonstop action and a whole lot of fun. See it while it is still in the theaters. There you have it. Go see a movie, and that includes you, Bill Furman. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you my story really quick. Okay, what's your excuse? Okay, it's not an excuse. But you will find this incredibly hard to believe because you are a TV movie geek. Yes. Yes. I made the conscious decision when I came camping. I'm in my fourth week in the campground down here to not buy a second TV for outside the camper. So there is one inside. The kids watch stuff on it from time to time. Otherwise, it has not been turned on. So I can tell you, Chet. I have not had a TV on in one month. Wow. <laughs> I listen I listen to the games on the radio, sitting outside. I have not, and if I want to watch highlights, I pull them up on my phone and I watch them. I have not seen a TV in a month, and you know what? I'm pretty happy about it. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Well, I, I know. You're a geek. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not necessarily my excuse. That's my reason. Okay. For now. Okay. And, and you couldn't get to the theater? Why? Well, to see I'm, camp, I'm, I'm camping. I'm on vacation. I'm camping. I'm not going to the theater. Who would do that? I would. <laughs> would you go to the beach or would you go to the theater? Come well, on. There's man. rainy days. You know, there are rainy days. You can go to the theater indoors. Uh, okay. Never mind. All right. Let's get to our guest. Kevin Stalker was great. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week for number 399? Well, next week, Bill, we will be joined for the first time in over a year by former Philadelphia Daily News writer and reporter Ed Barkowitz. Eddie B, back for the first time since, I believe, June of last year. We will see what he's up to and talk about all of the Philly sports scene with Eddie B. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Um, I got some talk. Go ahead. I was going to say, you want to talk about the Flyers coaching? or we just No, I don't care it? about the Flyers coaching. Okay. You you posted this last week, as did several other people. It was uh, something we didn't get to last week, unfortunately. It was oh, yeah. the Goats of Broad Street. And they put out this list, uh, the top 20 Philly athletes over the past 50 years. So from 1972 to today. Not a bad list, but... I personally would make a few adjustments, at least. I think Chase Utley, much as I loved him, is too high. How do you put Chase Utley above Bobby Clark? Come on. Um, I think Allen Iverson is too high. Not number one. Come on. How do you put Allen Iverson over Mike Schmidt? Um, Shady McCoy is not on there. Harold Carmichael's not on there. Claude Giroux of the Flyers not on there. I know you would have to take off one or two or three guys if you put those guys on there. And then there's the Nick Foles question. I know he won the Eagles the Super Bowl four years ago, but Nick Foles at number nine ahead of all those other guys, I just don't get it. What's your take on that list of 20 right there, Bill? Throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, you know, most of the guys you, you've hit on a few, most of them belong on the list, but the order is completely jacked up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, there's, there, you know, the McNabb at 11, Cunningham at 16. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Jason Peters, I'm not sure he even belongs on this list. Um, you know, that back end there is really kind of messed up. Moses Malone should be higher, I think. Um, Nick Foles shouldn't be on this list. Um, yeah, you know, it, it certainly it was fun to talk about. A lot of comments, a lot of opinions, which yeah. that's I'm sure what was the purpose of it. But I think when you're talking Philly sports, you, you have to start with Bobby Clark, Bernie Perrant, Mike, Mike Schmidt. Schmidt. I, I think you start there. Dr. J, certainly right up there, but he didn't play his whole career in Philly like the other guys did. Um, but he certainly, in, in, and that would be the knock with Reggie White as well. He left and played a whole bunch of years somewhere else. So Won a uh, Super Bowl elsewhere. Yeah, I think uh, you, you have to start with Bobby Clark and Mike Schmidt and Bernie Perrant to me right, right at the top. And 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 Iverson certainly deserves to be there, not number one, but he he's he's there. I mean, what a what a great talent, great player he was. And in so, another year or two, Bill, Joel Embiid's going to be on the list, whether you want him there or not. Well, win me something, pal. It win would me be something. Nice. It would win be me nice. something. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Let's razz, Bill. Let's All razz, right, Bill. let's let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Razz Room. That's right, PPCC. 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Hey, Bill, keep talking for one second because I forgot something. So, uh, what, we'll be what right did back. you do, Chet? I'm, I'm just hoping you're not running off to get some sort of a movie video, some crazy thing, award show, something. Do, do we do we have to watch anything with like an award show or anything goofy like that? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, what do you mean do we have to watch? If you forgot show? something, it's probably. <laughs> Well, hey, Joe. Joe wants to know. Yeah. He, Joe, Joe, did you forget a beer? Oh, I got a beer. I got. Uh, I have my beer here already. Open Gate Guinness Brewery. It's a wit beer, or you know, white beer, wheat beer from Guinness's branch, Open Gate Brewery. It's not bad. It's not my favorite wheat beer, but it's not bad. It'll do. It'll do for tonight. All right. <sighs> hey, one thing John Roberts posted up here. I'm going to give him his props on this. Sylvester Stallone, 76 years old today. That's going to and, be mentioned, as a matter of fact, in my party. All right. Time. And and John is right. Bill Furman does love the Rocky movies, especially Rocky One, my all-time favorite. Yeah, that, that is the best, I think. Some people would disagree, but I think it's certainly the best. All right. Parting shot for you? Yeah, odds and ends, Bill. I have a few things to mention here. We got some great reaction last week to our little chat with Williams Honor, um, Reagan, and Gordon. They were a lot of fun. A reminder, they will be doing three shows at Asbury Park's Berkeley Carteret or Berkeley Oceanfront Hotel. It's July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Three very different shows from night to night. I'll be there on Thursday, the 21st. So if you're there, say hello to me. Asbury Park, a fun place, a lot of great music venues. Tickets are on sale now. The Philadelphia Stars, Bill, they came up short in the USFL title game Sunday night in Canton. I actually watched a little bit. I didn't get to see Willie Nile this weekend. I 
couldn't get there. So I watched a little bit of the USFL game. Quarterback got hurt, and that messed up their chance to win it. But, hey, they had a fun season. Maybe, just maybe, they'll play in Philadelphia next year. That is yet to be determined. They're going to play in a couple of more cities, but they're still working out exactly where and whether they'll be in Philly or not. Who knows? Uh, Sylvester Stallone, we do mention birthdays occasionally. And, yes, Sly is 76 today. Happy birthday, Rocky. Yo. But there's another memorable birthday this week, Bill, and it is – this one, um, spam, spam turned 85 <laughs> yesterday, Bill, 85, that wonderful Hormel product. That's some sort of pork and ham, magical meat combo with that. I give you some spam humor. Here we go. If anyone gets a message from me about canned meat, don't open it. It's spam. Or did you hear about the cannibal who switched to spam? He said, it's the greatest thing since sliced Fred. <laughs> if you've been hanging around with PJ again, thanks. I'll be here all week. Try the spam. Remember, Bill, don't knock it till you fried it. Have you? Did you? Were you around to eat the first can of that? By the way, <laughs> it never goes bad. Yeah, uh-huh. I was trying uh-huh. to think. I don't know if I've ever actually eaten. I think my mom did make it occasionally when I was a kid. I don't have any good or bad memories of it, but I think it did happen. And now all of a sudden, I want to try spam again just to see, you know, what it does taste like. Go ahead. Anybody who drinks blueberry beer can certainly eat scam, spam. Scam. Yes. Well, yeah. oh, and one of these days I want to get to the Spam Museum in Minnesota. Yes, there is such a place, and I'm sure it's a great time. Well, I will have to tell you. Wrap Jeff, it up, Bill. Uh, I will have to tell you my dad ate Spam. He did. He liked it because he grew up at a time where if you wanted to eat, that's what you ate. There you, know you go. I mean? you, didn't have a lot of, you didn't have a lot of choices back in those days. Hey, don't forget, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. you got a, your birthday of your singer that you're getting ready to go sing. You got to throw it out there. Deborah Harry. Oh, Deborah Harry. Yes, last week, Deborah Harry turned 77. I'm going to see Blondie at Parks next month, and uh, hopefully the tide will still be high, and uh, it'll be fun. At 77, we just hope she's there. She'll be there. She'll All be right, there. let's wrap, wrap this up. thing up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Kevin Stocker, our sponsors. The Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LeBoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, July 13th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and let's go, Phillies. Ah!